Rob Sexton, our drummer, told me that there would be times when touring would not be fun. This was one of them. It was boring and cramped, but playing at the end of the day made everything better. It was my first tour, the summer of 1993. We got a flat tire somewhere in southern Illinois while going 75 miles per hour. Fortunately, it was a back tire and we didn't lose control of our well-aged Ford Econoline. Jim, the roadie, was driving at the time. We didn't have a jack, so Kevin stood on the side of the road with a cardboard sign that read, We need a jack! And eventually a good guy pulled over and helped our young, stupid asses. We didn't have a jack because when we packed the van a week earlier at Rob's house in Tampa, there was not room for everything and something had to be left behind. Rob said we didn't need the jack. I thought that was a bad idea, but it just did not fit. Rob said we probably won't need it anyway, adding that by merely having a jack on board, we would be inviting trouble. So, we didn't have a jack. Rob had toured many times. Jim had been on a few tours too. Brian R., Kevin, and I had never toured before, so we listened to Rob and Jim. Jim is now a professional road manager with popular bands, touring on big buses and planes, eating deli platters, and staying in hotels. He's come a long way from our Ford Econoline days. The day before we left on tour, we gave the van an oil change and painted it with white house paint, using brushes and paint rollers in Rob's front yard. One time, we were caught in a sudden downpour on I-95 just outside of Richmond, Virginia. It was weather of biblical intensity, and it came out of nowhere. Rob flipped on the windshield wipers, and after about five swipes, they stopped in the middle of the windshield. We lost visibility in about one second, and clearly, we were going to die. Brian R., who was riding shotgun, let out an ape-like yell and punched the dashboard. The wipers came back on. It was a punk rock miracle. So, we borrowed a damn jack and put on our bald spare. I told Rob that we should get a new tire as soon as possible, and he said, we don't have money for that, adding that the odds of getting another flat were pretty slim. We finished the tour on that bald tire. Somehow, we got to Milwaukee with extra time. The gig was at a neighborhood bar called Quarters in a gritty part of town, although all of Milwaukee looked pretty gritty. All you can eat, our tour partners for the next two weeks were already there. Rob and Jim knew them from previous road days. Introductions were made. Devin, Myron, Danny, and Craig, California guys who still travel all over the world with their music. Before tour, Rob said that All You Can Eat was a popular band and that playing with them would get more people to see us. All You Can Eat are great guys and a fun band, but Rob greatly overestimated their drawing power. Case in point, Muncie, Indiana. We raced All You Can Eat to Muncie, they in their tan Volkswagen microbus and we in the white house-painted Econo line. We'd split from them for a day to hang out in Chicago, but as we were rolling across the open Midwest, their van appeared out of nowhere and blew past us, blowing the horn, a couple of middle fingers extended from the windows. Get those fuckers, Rob yelled, and Brian R. gunned the Econo line. There was much finger-flipping, ass-bearing, and the throwing of old food between the two vans, all at ludicrous speed. We beat the Californians by a few minutes, pulling up to the venue several hours early. It was a place called the Dead Pigeon Cafe. We had hours before showtime, so our two bands walked around Muncie in search of something to do. This place looked whipped. After walking for 10 minutes without seeing anything interesting, I spotted what looked like a real punk rocker. It was a hot July afternoon, but he was wearing a leather jacket. On the back, he'd painted Muncie Hardcore Crew in huge white letters. Muncie Hardcore Crew? We ran up to talk to him. He knew about the show and planned to be there. I asked him about the Muncie Hardcore Crew, specifically how many people were in it. He smiled, pointed his thumb at his chest and said, just me, a crew of one. Muncie was not looking promising.
The Muncie Hardcore Crew guy came to the show as promised. He and four other people who presumably were not in the crew attended. There was also a local band. I don't remember their name, but when All You Can Eat was playing, the local band threw firecrackers at them, called them faggots, and ran away. To top it off, the club had the world's most ineffective doorman. He was sitting at the door supposedly to collect money, but never took a dollar from anyone. He didn't even ask. The five audience members walked by like he wasn't even there. I pointed this out to the owner who was some burned out hippie. He told me to cool out and that we'd be taken care of. At the end of the night, he gave me $20. It was for both bands. Rob told me there'd be nights like these. But there were awesome nights, too, like our last night on the road with All You Can Eat in Gulfport, Mississippi. That summer, there was serious flooding in Alabama and Mississippi. When we got to Gulfport, most of the main streets were closed off due to the flooding. The National Guard was redirecting traffic. The show was at a rental hall, a VFW hall, or a Lions Club. The parking lot was full of people waiting to see a concert, standing patiently in the rain. When our van pulled in, the crowd cheered. 